right. Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 30. Woo! I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And we're Chemist Confessions. This podcast is just a human conversation on all the skincare science. And today we do have a pretty cool topic. It's all about eye creams and eye area concerns. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult topic. And to be honest, I think we've shelved this for a really long time. Yeah. I actually don't think we've ever really even dedicated a blog post to it. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it on Instagram. Um, the reason why it's so difficult is just because the data is pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into it. We're going to share if there's any data at all on whether or not we should be using eye creams. Um, but first... What are we drinking today, Gloria? All right. She made the cocktail. <laughs> today is a very a much better version of the trash teeny that we already made a big headway on while we're setting up. It is tequila that we got from Mexico mm-hmm. and a splash of OJ and a splash of Italian oh, soda. Oh, fancy. Yeah. It's actually not bad. Yes. It's a little dangerous. It's heavy handed and goes down very easy. It's Friday afternoon, <laughs> so we're going to relax a little bit. Um, Y'all are in for a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get into all the good stuff, uh, we definitely have an actual brand update for Thank you today. Thank goodness. So we've been previewing everyone on this reliable Gen 2 for a long time. Joke's on you. We're throwing you a curveball, baby. In honor of the World Series, we have double play. I promise you that's not intended in timing at all. Yes. Well, actually, it's been delayed over and over again. So timing is definitely not... Uh, yeah. intentional give us the spiel gloria how long have we been working on this the year was I, <laughs> the year was 2018 i think 19 when we started i think it was 2018 it's, yeah end of 2018 we had the idea i was by the wee child <laughs> <laughs> so uh the idea is we get asked a lot what works for eye area concern mm-hmm. and yes this totally ties into the theme of this episode and part of the reason why we're doing it um we when we a lot of people reach out to us on Chemist Confessions and ask, you know, I have these crow's feet or dark circles. What really works? And it really, gra- it really grinds our gears that we really have to tell them a lot of times that eye cream's not necessarily the answer. Yeah. And a lot of eye creams to us weren't worth uh, the price tag at all. Yeah. At the end of the day, we felt like eye cream was just a format um, and it was a format that was easily upcharged for a very little amount um, and we agree with a lot of actually our followers in the community in that at the end of the day can't an anti-aging cream be an eye cream so we're like this makes so much sense to create a two-in-one yeah. so what is our two-in-one Gloria so our double play um, two-in-one features 0.3% retinol. It's encapsulated, but the yeah. active level is 0.3. Yeah. Um, and 2% peptide <laughs> blend haloxyl, yeah. which specifically targets eye area concerns. Um, specifically dark circles, which yes. is something that we are heavily invested in because of how much we have like dabbled in that realm in terms of research and just haven't really found anything very satisfying mm-hmm. um and i would say that when we first started we were like two in one epic but the amount of testing that we had to do to do a two in one what it was a very very long journey all right grandpa strap in <laughs> so when we started we decided that we definitely want to have a uh, a, some sort of retinol and we mm-hmm. talked about retinol blend mm-hmm. we actually uh, had 
an old version that combined retinol with um, bakugyo. Mm-hmm. And me, being retinol sensitive, I was in charge of testing these bl- blends because the idea is you want a level that's effective enough to tackle those um, crow's feet and wrinkles and for both eye and face area. But at the same time, we wanted to be gentle enough for the eye area. So a lower level definitely made sense. So we thought, okay, we can bolster the strength of retinol with a retinol alternative to kind of give you the efficacy without irritation. Joke's on me, but Akukiyo was very irritating to me. Yeah, I and for me being more like retinol tolerant, um, didn't have the same effects, but I'm heavily invested in the results because eye area concerns are definitely my pet peeve. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, we were really shocked by the fact that bo- the combo could be more irritating. Yeah, we did. I, I believe we did a, a series of like um, cell culture tests mm-hmm. with different combos. So like 0.15 retinol plus 0.15 bakukio, um, 0.25, 0.25, or 0.3 retinol alone, this and that. And um, from the t- from that test, the retinol combo, uh, the retinol alone is actually fine. Yeah. And the bakukio... Even at higher percentages. Yeah, the bakukio didn't make that combination more gentle in our formula. So we decided that, hey, retinol's tried and true. Point three is very powerful. We'll walk through all the data around um, retinol in the eye area later. Um, but it's still a relatively lower levels, let's say, for the yeah. eye area. That was part one of what we did. And yeah. then... <laughs> yeah, we also... we also ran for formulation issues um we wanted to pump it with soothers we actually even have niacinamide in there as well to just make sure the skin barrier stays really happy while using retinol especially around the eye area being a thinner part of um skin for on face um so that was we had a formulation challenge we also had a texture challenge because at the end of the day you want it for face but you want it for eye what does that mean? Yeah, what it has does to be that mean? nourishing enough, but not too nourishing exactly. that you don't want to spread across the whole face. Exactly. Um, and I think for us, the niacinamide percentage, um, we also make sure that we capped it two percent. Mm-hmm. So for all you guys that might already have a serum yes. that you like yeah. or a cream, there's a uh, there's a lesser chance of you getting irritated by overlaying niacinamide. Yeah, there was a lot that went into it. Yeah, we also did a hatchery. Which, um, for those of you who participate in that one, very, very long ago. Thank you. That was a 2019. This is the result. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So you remember one, uh, it's like uh, pre-COVID, you got a little package from us. <laughs> well, it's finally out the... <laughs> <laughs> the tequila kicked in too quickly. <laughs> so this is the result. Yes. And the journey didn't end here. So we got the formula to a place where we're... Airless pump. (laughs) Excuse my dog. (laughs) We got to a point where we're pretty happy with formulation. Then we had to validate that it was safe for both eye and face. Mm -hmm. So we did clinical Mm -hmm. to... And got the approval, safe for eye and face. And we also decided to have a derm um, be involved in that study, um, especially because involved irritation. We felt that that was an important claim. Sometimes that claim um, is questioned, but in this scenario with safety, we felt like it was a, a very important component 
Um, so got the approval on that. And that's not all. We are actually doing additional testing. And the safety test, uh, in addition to it being very well tolerated for and approved for IR use, we got a lot of great feedback. So we went ahead and we are also doing a full-scale clinical on this, which the results will come out by Christmas. Um, yeah. Anyway, this has been a really long journey that spanned yeah. over way longer than we thought. Um, with covid um supply chain has been really slow um and honestly it's both good and bad you know we've really um had the time to just make sure this comes out the way we want it um i'm honestly so proud that we can finally share this with everyone and that it's real um and yeah. just can't wait for you know everyone to try it and get everyone's feedback but finally, to say that your eye cream, your face cream works for your eye cream, yes. <laughs> yes. So, oh, one more funny story. So uh, we talked about how packaging is very important for retinol. Mm -hmm. uh, we wound up choosing to go with the airless pump tube. Um, Boom. Yeah. And it has a small nozzle. It's airless in design, so it'll keep your retinol fresh for um for a really long Entire time. Entire shelf life. Yep. Yes. And um, very unfortunately for Gloria, who forgot about it, we have one precious sample from all the raw <laughs> material shortage to take pictures and to talk about before the real um, production right. batch comes. Uh, I've been using this, and this dip <laughs> makes it really hard to take pictures. Um, yeah, just a little trolley side story <laughs> of this really long journey. Yep. So anyways, um, you'll definitely hear more about it as we get closer to the launch, which will be in a couple weeks. Um, but otherwise, that's some pretty big brand news. We finally um, have a launch, guys. Oh, my God. I feel like last time we had any launch it is when our cleanser was out of stock for true. three months. That was our launch of pandemic. <sighs> yeah. Um, so we're very proud. And to finish off, we're going to finish off with some nice words. Yeah. Since the brand update was a little juicy this time, we're going to just uh, stick to one nice word today. One good one. One good one. Hit us, Gloria. Uh, we got this in an email. Uh, she said... I've been listening to your podcast and reading your book and blog post. I find your content super helpful and I love the format of your podcast. Thank you. It's definitely very whimsical and <laughs> very random. Drink and fall. Yep. Uh, I'm also an engineer in, the pro in product development, but just not the chemical kind. I did it to totally get out of taking or going college. I feel you on that one. Victoria <laughs> and I just had a funny discussion about how back in the day when you take orgo and editize, you just see a bunch of like people at higher level education doing dumb things like L R. <laughs> Those of you who take orgo understand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway. She thanked us because uh, what we do is relatively new for her. And yeah, just really, really glad that yeah. our content resonated with people. That Victor sums up a, pretty much the reason why we do this stuff. Yeah, Victoria and I actually regularly go on. Um, we get invited to people's college clubs ah, to talk yes. about our uh, career trajectory. Shout out to Pace that. University. Um, they invited us to speak a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. Um we joked, but it felt more like therapy hour for us because we got to talk about our career path and journey. Yeah. Um, the two of us were like, oh, my God, back in my day in college. <laughs> and, and the children on the other side of the screen were like, 
okay (laughs) (laughs) you know the the goal was to you know help pave the way um and show them a way into if they're interested in getting into the cosmetic industry I think we kind of worry that it might have deterred them from our crazy story, but all in all, it was, it was super nice. I was in there like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't get a job in the field I wanted to. You know, it really sucked. But then I started formulating lipsticks, and it all worked out. It was very, very... Well, I felt like Gore exaggerates because she was like, it was either watching paint dry or this. Yeah. I think uh, it's just a no-brainer. <laughs> yep, yep, but... So, yeah. We Anyways. always enjoy talking um, to you. Just talking? Uh, <laughs> yes. The end. See. But yes, it, <laughs> it makes us happy that um, I think we are somewhat helpful for people yeah. who are, you know, looking to start their career. Yeah. So, yeah. And we always tell people, please reach out if you're ever interested um, in pursuing a career in this industry. I'll tell you what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Learn from our mistakes. Otherwise, uh, let's get into it. It's time for In the News. In the News. Um, going to try to keep this brief. Let's um, do it. So we, as Kem is working in the industry, we constantly get newsletters about mm-hmm. new vendors and new trends in packaging. We got this one from a packaging um, supplier, but what I thought was really interesting and worth sharing is that they were talking about a, a new age tube that has a focus on sustainability. Um, and they talked about it in the concept of combining the three R's, and one being uh, recycled content, recyclable ready, and reduced weight. So, recycled content is what Victoria and I have talked about a lot, which is PCR. Mm-hmm. So, you reduce the use of virgin plastic. Mm-hmm. You have to get the most out of what we already have out there. Yep. Uh, recyclable already. Um, there's more talks about making packaging. Compo- I feel like the three R's as you go on gets more and more difficult. Yes. Um, so, the second R is all about maybe using just one type of material, make it less complicated. Single plastic. Because yep. when you start blending, it makes it very difficult to recycle um, but that's challenging uh, on the formula end because sometimes with um, funky formulas like sunscreens cleansers um, they require a blend of plastics to make sure that the formula doesn't eat through it and seep out so um, yes that would say that that does get more challenging and then the third one reduce weight is another added wrench yeah. in the in the equation the concept is nice you know uh, mm-hmm. all in all a lighter uh, maybe a thinner but robust uh, layer of plastic can reduce consumption in general mm-hmm. but as victoria mentioned not everything is very um very friendly not and also yeah sorry i, I was, didn't mean to cut you off but also to say that you know, people say that glass is an alternative to plastic, but that does add the weight, you know, and you want to think about your carbon footprint about for getting that package to you. Um, So things like that. All in all, it's a very complicated Mm -hmm. and big problem, Mm -hmm. but just know that the trend's here to stay. Mm -hmm. So we'll see a lot more implementation, a lot more developments in this area. The two of us are definitely like very into the PCR world. Um, And to us, that's the most accessible part of sustainability right now. Yeah, reduced weight is definitely... To me, I'm like, man, that's... I. This sounds really shitty, but I'm skeptical that every brand out there does compatibility tests with their packaging. Yes, yeah, that's true. So I can see uh, scenarios where they jump on this train, get a packaging, but 
doesn't finish the mm-hmm. whole test and what ends up happening is you get a leaky tube of god knows what <laughs> yeah i think it's it's tough because in an industry that moves so quickly um obviously that's great in a way because ch- you can see change quicker yeah um but you know sometimes it it does come at a cost so it's just more about like growing carefully changing carefully um but yeah i'm sure we'll see more to come yep um and then next we have to update everyone on celebrity brand yes this is the trend of 2021 that the two of us really regret not starting like Uh, a bingo game or some sort of betting point yeah but yeah that in terms of um trend predicting i think accuracy is maybe like I don't know it's like hit or miss 50 50 but celebrity brands man yes. that trend is yeah anyway for sure uh i pulled a list of top earning celebrity brands number one i don't think anyone's very surprised by it mm-hmm. is rihanna's fenty beauty yes agreed they clocked in a half a billion dollars this oh, baby. year big money yeah next uh again not very surprising is jessica alba's honest company uh honest has been on the market for longer than even um fenty mm-hmm. and that's a really big line it spans across beauty also they- ipo so makes sense let's not talk about their stock price <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um and then we have kylie jenner oh mm-hmm. and then it's the it's the jenner kardashian world yeah we have kylie at three and kim at four i you know what's funny is like i feel like i vaguely heard about kim kardashian launching kkw beauty and i never heard about it ever and again. i've actually never really seen it so maybe it's more is it in the makeup world Maybe. I don't know. Or I know nothing not about in our world. Clearly, yeah. we don't keep up with the Kardashians. Yeah, we're, so. not, we're not good about this. And we should also note that Kylie, Kylie's business is separated by makeup mm-hmm. and skin. So her makeup clocks in at three, but her skin also ranks at number seven. So the Kardashians are doing great. Yeah, no one needs <laughs> to worry about them and how COVID may be impacting their lives. They're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Number five is Cindy Crawford. This one I did not know. Um, her her brand is called Meaningful Beauty. Um, it is a skincare line. Yep. And then six, Drew Barrymore Flower Beauty. Also not familiar yeah. with it. So I saw this chart that Gloria had pulled, and I just wanted to update the celebs, my knowledge of celebs that are doing beauty brands. So I just, just so everyone knows, and you can also update your celebrity news, uh, Naomi Osaka just launched her sun care range mm. uh, following Serena. So it seems to be a great moment for athletes, um, female athletes doing skin, uh, sun care. Um, really following Serena's footsteps. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, uh, she launched her hair care line, Lola V. Mm. Um, and I always remember her for hair for living proof. Mm. Um, ScarJo's plan to come out. Ariana Grande plans to come out with her body care and fragrance line. Kanye no is going to do co- a cosmetic line. Uh, sounds like it's makeup. It's going to be called Donda. So if you guys have listened to the latest album, that will make a lot of sense. It's Donda, not Donda, Donda. It's not Kanye anymore. It's Ye. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and then Cardi Beauty um, plans to launch her line. They, I think she just solidified her name as the uh, name of the company as Barty Beauty, but not sure what that entails yet. And then also Hailey Bieber will come out with Bieber Beauty. So we still got a lot coming in. Who knows what 2022 will bring? I don't know. I feel like celebrity brands for me. I don't I don't think I get very upset 
with them. It's not like I'm looking at them and be like, oh my god, it's all like BS or whatever. But at the same time, I, I just feel like it. I, I don't believe a lot of them are very well thought out. And yeah, just wait and see. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. It's just a fun fact. And also, I am just, I just find it heartwarming that I still know everyone on the list. It's true. We're not that old. No, but we. Stop old shaming me. Well, but I feel like doing a um, startup, you get so busy, it's so entwined, your pop culture knowledge really takes a hit. That's true. I still remember we were doing some like gift packing or doing some, making some boxes for like whatever it was like during award season and the emmys was on mm. and they were announcing the awards i'm like wow i know zero percent of the show i think the thing i felt really bad about was the oscars because like there were a lot of movies mm. i felt like i used to be more on top of movies but now i'm like i, I didn't even know that was out sorry yeah. for me it's also walking past a magazine stand and not recognizing anyone on the cosmo cover yeah, yeah <laughs> fair fair all right what else do we got uh, I found an article that talks about clean beauty trends. Mm. Um, they, <laughs> I Go shouldn't scoff on. at it, but <laughs> that was a hard scoff. This is just trends out there. Um, this article says that when consumer shopping, according to this article, I'm not sure according to who's doing this research, but 40.2 percent of consumer claim to be looking for natural ingredients. Which mm. I was a little surprised by because I thought the natural train has passed. Like mm. it's now people are more, um, I think people are more aware that it should be a blend between natural and synthetic mm-hmm. for the best possible formulas. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the free from trend is there's it's all gas, no brakes over there. <clears throat> parabens is up three point, no, like paraben free claim is up 3.6%. I'm not surprised. I'm more surprised that there's still people wanting to die on the paraben train. <laughs> we talked about this. When we first started, we were like, man, paraben is like the classic case of a good ingredient getting mm-hmm. tossed under the fear-mongering train. It's very true. But then we have our own product line, and unfortunately, we do not want to die on that hill. So Products free from phthalates claims have jumped uh, 11.4%. Is this just skincare or is this cosmetics this in general? all cosmetics. Okay. Um, and then... Fr- Free from artificial fragrance, up 8.1%. Mm. Meanwhile, reef-safe beauty searches have grown um, by 105%, according mm. to Nielsen IQ, which it's kind of a no-brainer thinking about it. I feel like sunscreen yeah. has been in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons for the past year. I think on top of that, with the concerns around climate change um, and just general sustainability awareness, um, it's... A shoo-in for the focus, yeah. Yep. Um, Cruelty-free grew 27.4%. Vegan certified grew by 33.3%. Cruelty-free is the one thing that really bugs me because very few... There is going to be zero brands that test on animals. Um, It's so... Brands are so far removed from the point of testing on animals that... It's kind of a meaningless claim. Um, so I, I hate to say I know people are like, yes, it's it's great to be where we love animals as well. You know, we all we have our own animals. Um, but 
I just think that that is the one claim that should not be a driving factor in shopping for skincare. Yeah, most, um, like Victoria mentioned, finished goods nowadays are rarely if ever tested yeah. on animals. They're rarely tested at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are speaking for the U.S., though. I know yeah. that um, there is concerns in other countries, and that's fair. But in regards to in the United States, asking about cruelty-free is actually, I, I promise you, it's really not that big of a concern um yeah yeah and also um with uh with a lot of ingredients it's grandfather in right yeah. what's been tested has been tested but we live in an industry where testing is on the scare side mm. um there's a lot of work across all industries that um that is working on how to go with um uh, models on toxicology and whatnot to minimize the use of animals yeah. but it's a work in progress yeah. you know if you're developing a drug you wouldn't be you wouldn't jump straight to testing on humans it's just not how science works no, i want only on newborns yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, offer my infant to science yeah, yeah it, it doesn't work it doesn't work you know it's it's um there's progress made in that field but it's unrealistic to say yeah. we're gonna we're gonna free, we're gonna open all the cages, free all the monkeys and the rats, and ta-da, go animal cruelty-free by tomorrow. That's just not how it works. Yeah. But rest assured that that's what the world is striving towards. Yep, so for sure. Nothing wrong with wanting that, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> it's a reality. All yeah. right. We don't have feels. We, we don't, don't have, have feels, feels about, about this. this all right, go on. Vegan certified. Um, this one I think it's helpful for all of you who are vegan looking for <gasps> uh, looking for products that fit your value. I don't think I don't think in cosmetics, there are very few ingredients that's mm-hmm. derived in a very, uh, animal-derived ingredients such as beeswax, um, lanolin. Milk-based. Milk-based. Um, and pro- then even like collagen. All right. And in terms of sustainability, um, I find it interesting that uh, there's a Nielsen stat too that says uh, there's 7.9% of the consumers seek out reusable packaging. I personally don't really believe in reusable packaging. <laughs> Not that I don't think it's a good idea, but I think it goes against what most people's like MO is. Basically, what Gloria is saying is that if you are someone who f- looks for reusable packaging, come talk to us because we would love to learn like how, just yeah how that works in your lifestyle and in beha- just skincare use behaviors. Um, we have often debated, you know if we use reusable packaging can we just use the jar that it comes in the actual replacement jar and then you don't need the initial cover the case that it comes in um it doesn't really feel like you're reducing your plastic footprint that much um but again please come talk to us um if you feel differently yep Cool. So, all right, I got one more for Gloria. This is more for fun. (laughs) Yes, Um, please. This article is I discovered it will not be named, um, but the title is "How to Magicify Your Beauty Routine." This is for like Halloween. Yes, it is Halloween themed. Um, so uh, I'll be honest. I used to get seventeen when I was in high school. I did too. Yeah, really enjoyed all the you know. If you're this personality, or if you're Sag, this is your outfit. Great, it was awesome. <laughs> I love the pages that say "Shop here if you're an Aquarius." I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. The magazine got me. Um, anyway, so uh, this article is pretty fun. They talked about um, 
basically tips to improve your routine for um, different seasons. And I wanted to share this with Gloria because we actually recently wrote an article sharing our pro tips on how we would change up our routine for colder weather. Um, so the first one involves cleaning your crystal roller. Mm-hmm. Um, they write, this can involve immersing the roller in warm water with added plants oh. such as rose petals for energy cleansing or basil leaves for antibacterial powers. Just be sure to hold off on the salts as this can erode your favorite face tool. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm lit tired. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, by the way, all fun and dandy. Oh yes, Gloria. I recently found that you can buy "quote unquote" holy water on the Amazon. No. <laughs> yeah, because okay, so the story goes is probably the second time we talk about our fantasy football league. We had one team that did absolutely garbage one week. It was so bad. Every player sucked on that team. That let's week. just say Gloria and I are not proud. We are scraping at the barrel, at the bottom of the barrel in our league. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not been fun. Nope. <laughs> so then I Google where to buy holy water because I thought that's what the team needed. <laughs> and turned out you can buy holy water on Amazon. <laughs> also, who, who blessed this holy water? Who asked you to ask questions? <laughs> Someone blessed it and you could get it for $9.99 with free shipping. $9.99? <laughs> Dude's a genius. Right? Yep. All right. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Really, the only call I want to hear, I want to say here is um, please don't use your uh, seasoning to clean your crystal roller. That's really it. Have fun. <laughs> just like basil for my chicken, basil for my roller, just meh, dual purpose. Yeah. Um, so there was that. I also wanted to, there's a couple more. Bear with me, Gloria. Strap in. All right. Cleaning any skincare or makeup tool should be part of any routine as good hygiene practice. Mm -hmm. We agree. But we can go one step further and charge the crystal using the power of the moon. (laughs) (laughs) This is also part of the cleaning process to help shed the negative energy (laughs) and build up any positive ions that you are going to be in close contact with literally all over your face that's what it writes oh. literally all over your face um please A do not <laughs> please do not rely on the moon to clean your crystal roller that's it have fun <laughs> bake it under the moonlight no problem <laughs> i just feel like liam rhymes was before her time who knew the moonlight can function in multiple ways oh man that's great that's great all right Last one. <clears throat> Brushing your teeth with charcoal will not only make your pearly whites glow, but also purify your mouth from the day's cursing. <laughs> this is probably what Gloria and I both need. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> charcoal removes toxins both physically and energetically, and has, energetically. Been, <laughs> and has been believed to be the case for thousands of years. Uh, we can adopt it as part of our routines and wash our mouths out, both metaphorically and literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. Who wrote this? <laughs> so anyways, uh, I learned some things. Sometimes I feel like when they say things like, oh, like get rid of negative energy. I'm like, 
Are you talking about me? <laughs> is this the negativity that you're referring to? This article is speaking to me. <laughs> it hey, knows me. Gloria, take that charcoal and wash your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, anyways, that was fun. Next thing, uh, last bit of news. Um, I'm sure all of you guys are feeling the pains of inflation. Yeah. Uh, we did want to share some recent uh, news articles that have come out talking about price um, increases in some of our raw materials. I'm very sad about this, but I'm going to share this with Gloria because that it also affects us too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is Wacker Silicones. They are actually a huge silicone company. Um, they will be increasing prices on their products by an average of 30% or more. Um, horrible. And that's, that's actually kind of scary for makeup, for sunscreen, um certain skincare yeah. products do use it for its great texture and mattifying capabilities um it's incredibly expensive you also want to add that it's um extra detrimental for small brands so yeah. if you have a small brand that you believe in or otherwise <laughs> um definitely go support them it's um you know the reality is um in market talk when these type of things happen bigger brands have bargaining power yeah. in talking down the price as much as possible whereas small brands often they they don't have that power yeah. and it is what it is yeah so that is pretty painful um another company a massive company um basf has also mentioned that they will have to increase the price of their ingredients as well and it's a huge range um involves fatty alcohols which can be your light emollients um it can be stabilizers uh surfactants you've got pegylated ingredients um so it's a huge range and we did discover that it also involves a couple of our ingredients that we use as well. So, hey. <laughs> so, no, while well, we are not increasing our prices, yeah. it is very painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I uh, did want to share how inflation was infecting, uh, infecting, I'm sorry. It is infecting Aff- the world. <laughs> <laughs> affecting uh, the cosmetic industry. But otherwise, that's it. That's the Ending news. on a positive note. I like it. <laughs> I shall go stand under the moon tonight and cleanse my aura. And just, like, chomp on a <laughs> rock of charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right. on to the, the meat. meat. Woo! All right. All right. Today, we're going to be hopefully interesting news bearers. Yes. Um, it's all about area concerns. <sighs> to jump in, we always like to start with the biology. Yes. Um, eye area concerns can be roughly divided into two big areas. I know there's a lot of nuances to it, but uh, one is wrinkles, and two is your dark circles. Um, there's a third category that's eye bags, but that's it can get a little com- complicated and can involve both dark circles right. and wrinkles. And the other thing is that one's a m- much more difficult problem because it can also really involve your bone structure so yep. we're just not gonna get into that one we're but not gonna touch now, it. These, these yeah. yep so wrinkles as far as area concern goes it's almost a simpler pro- um, problem to solve because mm-hmm. at the end of the day wrinkles are wrinkles mm-hmm. um what works for your facial wrinkles and other where other places will work for your eye wrinkles well mm-hmm. Um, as we talked about when we talked about double play, is it's just as long as the product is safe for IR use and right. not too irritating, the same good ingredients still apply here. Right. 
dark circles. <laughs> dark circles, as you probably know, there are two main two main causes. There's a lot of underlying um, sub causes to dark circles. Genes also play a factor. Genes is actually a very big factor. Mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, it is the genetic lottery if you have really bad dark circles. Um, but the main causes are hyperpigmentation, mm-hmm. and also it's a vascular issue. So when your skin is thinning and you uh in you have deoxygenated blood coming through here, it kind of shows up as a dark circle. I did find a very interesting stat where um, I'm sure a lot of people will ask, like, oh, like, then which type of dark circle do I have? Do Mm -hmm. I have the pigmentation type? Do I have the the blood, uh, the uh, vascular type? The reality is most of you have both. (laughs) Yay! Of course. Of course. (laughs) Yep. So what's interesting, this is maybe a little nerdy talk, is... Um, I found a paper that talked about looking at dark circles under what's called Wood's lamp, which is essentially a black light. Yeah. Anyway, under the <laughs> under the Wood's lamp, your melanin base, the hyperpigmentation portion of it, will really show up, mm. whereas it doesn't really show up for the vascular mm. component. That's so very cool. That's how they kind of analyzed it. Like, yep. look at a hundred women. I believe this is a Brazilian study, uh, and found that. Uh, 35% of the female have the vascular type, just okay. the vascular type. Um, and then, but 54% of the women have the mixed type. Mm. Very, 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 very few women out there have the just hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. type. Uh-huh. Um, find that really interesting. Cool. You can kind of think about it when you strategize what ingredients you need to tackle For the sure. type of dark circle. Awesome. I also really want to add that dark circle is um, exacerbated. It's not your imagination. Something exacerbated by um, sleep. Actually, interesting. They claim that it's not really as affected by sleep. As oh, no sleep think. for me then. <laughs> uh, well, then. <laughs> I only sleep for my dark circle. No, um, <laughs> they say uh, allergies is uh, a huge one. Yeah. Skin sensitivity, contact dermatitis, L- and, and like continued allergy play a huge role in that showing up more. Mm, I do have some gnarly allergies. Yep, yep. And the other... Oh, and another factor that contributes here is structure. And there isn't a lot... This is very genetic, like your face shape, the way uh, you age, your bone structure, it all plays a role. Um, It itself doesn't cause dark circles, obviously, but it affects how it shows up on your face. For sure. And I was going to ask... Um, the, the one I'm aware of is the hollowing effect, um, which it it kind of looks a little sunken in this tear trowel area. Um, mm. Is there also, and I know like the puffiness, there, they, um, there is a surgery that's done to remove the fat deposit here. Are those the two main like structures that typically occur that can contribute to that yes so and with structural issues we're also not going to touch on as as much a lot of times in office treatment is the best way to go Mm. about it especially in severe cases so we're going to move on from structure (laughs) but no that's that's really fascinating and i think that being able to track and also understanding that it's not just a surface pigmentation issue. Like, it's both vascular and pigmentation. Yeah, and I just have to say, these uh, hi- these 
<laughs> these under eye dark circles they look terrifying in studies uh when i was doing my homework and just kind of putting the meat together for this episode we ran across some terrifying pictures well, that sure here. the nightmare shall not be ours alone <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing is that when they Sorry. do studies they have to blind people's eyes yeah. and the most typical ones they have a bar across the mm-hmm. eye area looks like they all are doing time yep <laughs> uh but because we we're looking at specifically the eye area the little blackout bar has to be smaller yeah. and they look terrifying <laughs> looks like a, something out of a stephen king novel it's true i'm looking at it right now yep <laughs> um so anyway we're gonna talk about what really works mm-hmm. um but before we get into it i do want to we, we want to remind everyone that like hyperpigmentation it's not you it's not your imagination it is a really difficult problem to solve and yeah. to get to a point you feel like you're really tackling your um, eye area concerns. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, Gloria found this really great study that tested, it was actually a retinal treatment on eye. Um, they didn't really disclose um, the amount of retinal used, um, but the general conclusion, um, it's it's not great. They The general conclusion is the test lotion is well tolerated and can be considered a suitable treatment for wrinkles around the eye area, um, which sounds very vanilla. And then there's this, to make it even worse, there's um, the stat that they use is that 34% of subjects showed marked or moderate improvement. And That's not great. <laughs> it doesn't sound great, but to be honest, that that is the reality of eye creams yep. um, because it's complex, because a lot of factors are involved, because there's a lot of things going on. It's both pigmentation and vascular and thinner skin. Um, so hopefully that gives you an idea of what, um, I guess, eye creams and formulations have to battle with in order to tackle and get results around this area. Um, and that's specifically for uh, for dark circles. Um I think the other thing is like with wrinkles, we generally feel that um, there's actually better hope with crow's feet. Um, So um, there's a lot of um, studies that focus on anti-wrinkle improvements. So we feel like dark circles is a much more complex um, issue to tackle. Uh, But yeah. Anyways, let's get back into eye creams. Yay. So... Well, we started putting this dream together. Mm-hmm. We went on a journey of finding out, at the end of the day, what works. Mm-hmm. So while we're doing research, uh, I use keywords like double line, placebo control, mm-hmm. um, crow's feet, dark circle, to kind of see um, see not just the BS papers, because there's a lot of those out there, um, just kind of trying to filter out like what really works. And there is a lot of weird crap out there <laughs> that's been tested on eye For here, sure, so. for sure. Um... I think first things first, uh, there is actually a paper testing on a copper pillowcase. Yeah, so fancy pillowcases, mm. I think, were a thing years ago. Silk. Silk, yeah. There's been silver, mm. and there's also copper. Yep. So this one, they put, made these people sleep on these pillows for four weeks on a copper oxide-containing pillowcase. And they claimed that this pillowcase caused a significant reduction in the appearance of facial wrinkles and crow's feet, yada, yada, yada. Looking at the picture, though, <laughs> the two of us were like, I don't know who's being these, but uh, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. 
And in terms of the results, um, testing on the copper pillow versus the control pillowcase, um, you see that uh, it's actually not that different. Uh, we'll show the results here. Um, and basically it just ha get, makes us raise our eyebrows a little. And ultimately my takeaway was that if you get consistent night's sleep, that is what helps overall skin improvement. Yep, um, your quality yeah. of life definitely matters here. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want to point out that this episode hopefully wouldn't be one of our longer episodes, but it took a really long time to put together because yeah. there's so much BS fluff in this category mm. that you can't just read the conclusion and take it for what it is. Like, we had to read these full papers, like all, and not to mention all the papers we had to throw out because, like, the data was unhelpful or garbage so and speaking of let's talk about this microneedle patch article. Oh, man. so i also found one where they loaded microneedle patches with ascorbic acid i don't know how much ascorbic acid is in this mm -hmm. but i will argue i don't know if it's i mean maybe it's helpful to know but at the same time because the delivery system is different than say ascorbic acid serum it's Hard for us to judge based on percentages anyway. Yeah. So the test is placebo controlled. Um, it's got 51 subjects. They have to use a micro needle patch around this area um, once every four days. And Gloria shared this paper with me. And I have to say the before and after pictures also make us do. <laughs> uh the site's better results here the results here we're like ooh <laughs> the conclusion was also this was very helpful for irony or wrinkles <laughs> yeah so um, alright so enough of that there's a lot and there's a lot of wild things that have been tested for the eye area. But let's talk about a couple of things that actually do work. Yep. Uh, a very classic ingredient that work is retinol. Uh, retinol has been tested time and time again uh, in various studies. Now, there are a lot of studies with retinol that doesn't test specifically for the eye area. Mm -hmm. But um, they do. They make formulas that they apply to the full face, including the eye area. Mm -hmm. And the researchers will notice improvement in crow's feet um, and wrinkles and, and hyperpigmentation as mm -hmm. well. So kind of how we do um, dark circle. Um, so yeah, it's been tested to work at as low as 0.1%, yeah. um, which is a pretty solid starting point. Let's say if you are on a face cream, uh, a face retinol at 0.1%, uh, you can try to inch it closer to the eye, depending on whether or not it's tested for the eye area. So that's one. Two, I was a little surprised about is hydroquinone. Actually, yeah. I wasn't super surprised, but it's also it, it sounds intense. It's, yeah, to yeah. put it so close to the eye area, but yeah, it's actually a um, gold standard for the eye area as well. That does get prescribed. And three, which I'm terrified of, and this one I wouldn't recommend trying at home is chemical peels. <laughs> so if you want, if you have HA toner. If you use any of our acid line and you're like, oh, I heard it works on eye area, I wouldn't really recommend doing that in an uncontrolled environment at home. Totally agree. Um, and we've actually had gotten a, a couple questions about using our specialist under the eye area. And she's like, I would like to put Vaseline over to really seal it in and penetrate. And I'm like, I understand this sentiment, but I do not want you to do this. <laughs> yeah, that one wasn't for the area really gives us hives. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. 
Yeah, and the next category is peptides. Yes. Peptides, now there are a lot of interesting studies out there.、Mm-hmm. I found a paper on a pentapeptide. It's a 12 week, 93 people large study using just three parts per million of this palmitoyl pentapeptide 4. And it found significant、um, results for fine lines and wrinkles.、Um, post the result here. It really does look very promising. Now, the problem with peptides is it's a vast, vast world.、Uh, let's just say the amount of Of work that it takes for us to research. And、um, for those that, that have been following us for a while, you know, we don't talk about peptides very much. The, the, that's how much research we have to do just to get that single, you know, result or finding that we can share.、Um, it's just because a lot of it's proprietary.、Um, it's very cool that in that you can actually synthesize all sorts of combinations to make a peptide. Um, you can make just hundreds of thousands of combos.、Yeah. Um, but to actually find one that works, very few chances. And then you have to do even more work to validate that it actually does work. So, and for you, you guys on the consumer side, you can't decipher that, right?、Mm-hmm. So you might take away and be like,、oh, okay, I heard pen- pentapeptide work.、Mm-hmm. So in this paper, they outlined the actual like, sequence of this pentapeptide.、Mm-hmm. I forgot where it is, but it's like, it's here. It's here.、Um, But the reality is, if you look at the package, you're like, pentapeptide? Not all pentapeptides are the same. So you may、yeah. not be getting the same peptide、yeah. as the one that's described in the study here. So the best bet we have in the, but on the flip side, peptides <clears throat> is very interesting for dark circles.、Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of interesting supplier data that targets both vascular dark circle as well as hyperpigmentation.、Yes. So we say it's, it's almost like, Juicy, tempting, dangling fruit, but you don't know what you're getting until you take a bite.、Um, I was gonna say that it's, I find that comforting,、um, and I, I think everyone should find that comforting that when it comes to dark circles, suppliers are looking at the vascular angle.、Um, I will tell you now that a brand will never co- claim that it tackles the vascular part、um, because then you're really starting to get into some awkward drug claims and you gotta skirt around some of those issues. but Um, it does give us hope that you know, they are looking at it from multiple angles and not just from a hyperpigmentation angle. Yeah, so our recommendation when you look for peptides is go for either products. Well, the cop out is always go for products that have clinical tests.、Mm-hmm. And then two is look for products that t- tell you what the trademark name、yes. is for that peptide blend、yeah. so you know what you're getting.、Yeah. Um, the one we chose to use in our,、uh, in our double play is Haloxyl. Made by Sederma. They also have other eye area targeting、uh, peptides such as Eyeless、um, and a few others.、Um, now, if they don't tell you which proprietary、yeah. blend or trademark name they're using and you send us the IL, we probably will、yeah. struggle telling you what's in it and whether or not it works. We will tell you that we can't tell you much and we'll ask if they have a clinical, and that's all we can do. That's all we can speak on. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, all right,、uh, what else do we got? We got another、uh, study on a retinal blend, a 0.1% retinal blend with 3% MAP and a 0.5% vitamin E that was used、um, over an eight week period.、Um, they did find that it did help with、um, decreasing hyperpigmentation, but. Did jack shit for your vascular dark circle. There you go. And just remember <laughs> the stat where 50, half of the incidence of dark circle out there, roughly half, 
is a combination of hyperpigmentation and dark circle. Mm -hmm. So again, your product may be working, but because it's working at a more narrow scope, it's harder for you to see results. Mm -hmm. um, the In this study, the retinol, the vitamin C, and the E, it's all targeting, mostly targeting hyperpigmentation. So you're going to see some residual dark circle concerns from yeah. other causes. For sure. And Question. Yes. Uh, as someone who really cares about this aspect uh -huh. and skin concern, um, um, anything new on caffeine? So, because we're talking about area concerns, we have to do a deep dive on caffeine. Uh -huh. And I'll be honest, before we re-research caffeine, just making sure we uh, there isn't any new studies out there that we may have missed, um, I've always been the camp of caffeine is Bullshit. <laughs> yes. So um, the reason why I ask this is because um, caffeine has always been that thing that people believe that if I use a caffeine product, like that's all I need um, in dark circles. And the general theory is that uh, it's a very temporary effect. Um, you must keep using it to see any sort of efficacy. Um, otherwise, it's going to do nothing. Um, but I will say that I have also gone down this rabbit hole and have found that honestly, it really just doesn't do anything. And yeah. it's really inconclusive on whether it's even useful. Yeah. So first of all, a lot of the con general consensus based on some studies is that you need at least 3% <laughs> caffeine, which in a lot of products uh, like caffeine gels, eye gels you see out there, you're not going to get that percentage. True. So already you're now off to a great start. Then I found this uh, I found this interesting Thai study mm -hmm. um, because there's a perception that caffeine reduces puffiness. Mm -hmm. um, so they made a gel and they iced it and they did a placebo without caffeine and mm -hmm. turned out like the cooling gel they put in the fridge. So applying a cool gel does as much as a cool gel with caffeine <laughs> so it doesn't do anything yep. mm -hmm. um and then my favorite study that i found on this journey is there's a japanese study it's an oral ingestion of caffeine so they give studies uh, uh study subjects a uh, 100 milligram supplement of caffeine and they studied the blood flow to your eye area your, uh, uh, on your eyelid okay, and found cool. that it is vasoconstricting so it does restrict eye flow uh blood flow to this general area Done. which <laughs> can contribute to like reduce the look of um, dark circles in general i would like to add that out of curiosity at google i was like i don't have a good um, off the top of my head i'm not sure how, like what 100 milligrams really mean and i looked it up it's about a cup of coffee excellent i will continue <laughs> the same to stay the course so grab your morning joe and just say whatever <laughs> to topical caffeine products nice um, I did find one more interesting um, study, mm -hmm. and I will say some of the most interesting caffeine topical studies using a combination with other actives. So what does caffeine really yeah. add here? Mm -hmm. uh, um, this one does use uh, use using combination with vitamin K. Ah, that's another one that's kind of trendy. Um, I think there's actually a couple papers that have tested vitamin K too, right? Yep. Usually, also in blend. Yeah, usually in blends and as. In, kind of like eh, inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, in this specific paper, they use two percent vitamin K in combination with the three percent caffeine. Mm. Um, and there's a few products doo -doo -doo here um, that have this combo. Just know that this is um, because the because of this paper partially vitamin K is trendy. 
I haven't seen a lot of products that no, have it at near the 2%. So. Yes, agreed. Cool. Awesome. Next. Next. Uh, so that was a lot of data. So yeah. we figured we should just walk through some general shopping tips yes. on eye products. I think the the category, the main category is retinol eye cream. Yes. Um, the main difficulty with eye creams that you'll soon discover as we go through these is that you just don't, they don't disclose the percentage, which makes it very difficult to really gauge and compare. Yep. Um, but yeah. Yeah, thanks for Retinol's revival. Um, I will say maybe two, three years ago, there are very few Retinol eye products out there. Now there's a lot to choose from. Our double play is one of them. Woo. Yep. Um, but... The general suggestion is target 0.1% retinol at least. But we have to tell you, when we first started Chemist Confessions, we went out there, we went out to the world, and we were like, hey guys, pay attention to percentages. It really matters. It's a difference between what works and what doesn't. That's very true, especially with actives, yes. And now the industry has taken that and drove it into the ground. That's and true. They took what we said and they dragged it through the mud and now they ruined it. <laughs> yep. And now you get really confusing crap that it's hard to decipher. For example, Sunday Riley has a new eye cream. <laughs> and this one I will name because I just find it so absurd. They, their new eye cream has a 6% retinoid blend. Whatever what? does that mean? You know, like they... they so. That's in this product, an exorbitant amount of any of the retinoids out there. Yep. So this is a retinol Boop. and shame. Baku. Shame. <laughs> shame. Yeah. So this product uses a retinol and bakuquio combo. Mm. How much of each of them? I can't tell you. Six uh, percent of what? I can't tell you. I don't really know. So again, this is very confusing and not super helpful. And then I was gonna just add. Um, some of you might be using retinoids and might be like, huh, well, if that's the case, let me just take my retinoid and start putting it all over my eye. Um, I don't recommend this route either. Um, the reason being is um, I personally have done this. And sometimes when it is so strong, because it is meant to help, they use all sorts of ways to help better penetrate. And remember, the eye area is slightly thinner. Mm. Um it will actually can cause um, irritation um, underneath your eyelid. Um, mm. Very uncomfortable. It is not a good place to be. Um, you can cause like shedding in this area. Um, and so I just, I do want to say that is like, yes, like we, we don't really see the use of an actual eye cream jar, but like to go so aggressive in the other direction, like don't do that. Like learn from me because yep. that was not fun. Yep. Make sure you... Be gentle and go go slow. Yes. Acclimate your skin. Definitely very important for the eye area. Yeah. Um, then you have, as Victor mentioned, a lot of eye products that doesn't tell you how much is in it. Mm. Based on the ink list, it doesn't look very high. You have, um, so for example, Glow Recipes Avocado Milk claims to be a retinol eye cream. I can't tell how much is in it. May or may not work. Peace Out has a retinol eye stick. Um, nowadays, it is also very trendy to combine retinol and bakukio. We almost went down that road as well. But again, for the eye area, just really, just gently patch test. Give your skin a couple days to tell you what it really thinks about it before you proceed because we have found that combo to be not as gentle as we thought it would be. Uh, and again, it should be the same as starting any new product right. and as starting any new retinol, you know, go slow and low. Yep. Um, I found this eye product 
um, kind of interesting and maybe worthy of a tryout is Dr. Dennis Growth's IHL. Okay. It does use a Bakugio retinal combo. So here's the IL. You'll see that it goes water, propylene glycol, ethoxyglycol, Bakugio retinol. So it didn't tell, uh, tell us the percentage, but it seems fairly high. Mm-hmm. What's very interesting to us is they had a nifty clinical, and they also say that it's tested to be safe for upper lid use. Oh, so very good. Very good, very interesting. But based on the aisle, it reads a little aggressive. Yeah. I mean, the level seems high. For sure. They also have salicylic acid. They have mm. willow bark extract. Um, I see they have a pigmentation fighter. They even have glycolic acid. I see even a peptide. So they're really just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Um, so... I would probably recommend this for someone who's dabbled in this for mm-hmm. a while and is just needs to feel like I got to step up my game and then maybe try that angle. Yeah, interesting list of ingredients. I don't know if it's as gentle as they claim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's retinol. Um, we also have your classic peptide eye creams. You've got Strivectin. Uh, you've got Drunk Elephant, Shaba, um, Peptide Complex. So um, that's another route. Um now, I will say in regards to peptides, um, a lot of people, I think when Gloria ran the eye cream poll, mm-hmm. one of the main questions was about milia. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't know what milia is, it's these, Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, it's these white bumps that seem to usually form around this area. Um, it's not a pimple, um, but it's kind of this like almost like buildup. Um, and I would say that um, in the past, in my work experience, what we've seen is that Usually when concentrations of peptide are very high, um, you can um, encounter um, milia cases. So I would say that if you are someone that really struggles with milia, I would say just like be cautious attempting like full blown peptide routines. Um, Just kind of monitor for that Um, and also don't pick them. Go see an esthetician to help you with that. Yeah. Um, So peptides, I would say, again, um, going back to what we said is it's kind of hard for us to decipher the merits mm-hmm. of each one of them individually, mm-hmm. but we would kind of look at them. You have very stubborn dark circles that the other eye cream or retinol is like not really taking care of, mm-hmm. just maybe worthy of a try. Mm-hmm. And then the other category that I see a lot now is vitamin C eye creams. This one I feel like is garbage and a waste <laughs> of your money. <laughs> oh, so most of the ones I see on the market First of all, they don't. Most of them don't use ascorbic acid, mm-hmm. which is fine. They are, derivatives are tested as well, mm-hmm. but for some reason, vitamin C eye creams haven't hopped on the percentage train, and they usually use a pretty low dose. And the reality is, vitamin C, how it works in the eye area, is still a uh, a pigment fighter. Yep. Um, and or antioxidant. Um, may, maybe mild like collagen stimulation but it, it mostly work on the wrinkle aspect of yes. it and some hyperpigmentation aspect yes which means if you don't have enough of it it's not gonna work yeah and i think like again when we talked about how suppliers that are purposely looking at dark circles they're looking at whether or not it can ta- tackle the vascular aspect um 
I can definitely confidently say that for vitamin C, they are not looking at this specifically for dark circles. They may yep. be looking at it for wrinkles, but not in this aspect. So that's why we feel just very meh about this category. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a nice to have, but you know, you have yeah. better luck like trying to move your um, vitamin C serum up here a little bit more. You know? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, um, and then. In terms of products that we really don't care about, um, again, we already talked about caffeine. Um, just general, like, moisturizing, plumping, filling, like, those kinds of claims. Um, unless there's a clinical, we also don't quite care about um, because at the end of the day, any sort of moisturizing aspect, for sure, your, your moisturizer itself could do that, no problem. Um, and then finally, is there any other aspect we should think about for eye yeah, creams? Yeah, there's also a lot of eye creams on the market that claim just moisturizing. Mm. Um, for us, we're, it's almost the same trap as a, your face moisturizer. Mm. There's cooling eye gels that mm -hmm. claim to be hydrating. Mm -hmm. There's thicker eye creams. Uh, moisturizing, we, we're in the camp that we don't find eye creams to be totally necessary. Yeah. Um, but if you're someone that's shopping for a moisturizing eye cream to really help out your eye area, just know that names such as gel typically don't yes. come with any occlusive. Yes. So if your eye area is dry, it may not help that much or you should use it before your face cream and try to bring your cream over a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. And I did have one more category. Um, this one... Uh, usually comes with a claim like erases my wrinkles in a minute, 15 minutes, um, blurs, you know. So um, there is a type of eye cream out there that is definitely more, uh, I would consider more makeup cosmetic. Oh, makeup, yeah. And what they do is you can create films that kind of pull skin taut and um, it can mattify and it can almost blur the aspect of, you know, your general eye area concerns around here. Um, all nice and all. But I think it's more just manage expectations in this. This is more, um, could be great under makeup um, for going out. But in terms of long-term benefits, um, we definitely don't see that as like a true skincare, long-term care product. Mm -hmm. um, so just uh, want everyone to like go in with the right expectations when they do trial those products. Um, some films do pretty well. Some films pull skin kind of in a weird way and it almost creates wrinkles in different areas so it's like it, you know you really gotta like dabble in it to find the right one for you in our previous life as <laughs> corporate chemists we have seen those projects and victoria's not kidding when he says when it's formulated and how you apply is very important so sometimes when you test it you're like oh okay this wrinkle is gone oh no there's eight more here not speaking from personal experience at all no not at all <laughs> the way it dries that <laughs> yeah so anyways um Close. and final thoughts closing words is if you're having a lot of trouble with eye area concern know that a lot of data goes to in office health yeah. so if you have wrinkle concern botox has been tested at multiple different dosage mm -hmm. different ways of injecting what botox works yeah. um there are fillers um there are also vampire facial has been shown to help with area concerns as well lasers is a thing there's like also different types of lasers you can use to either target pigmentation uh and whatnot and also there is this thing called nano fat grafting 
Um, again, just something you, if you want to go down that route, especially if you have structurally caused uh, IRA concerns, this might be the most effective way yeah. is consult your uh, your derm and talk about which procedure might be right for you. Definitely. I think it's, you know, if you've invested enough time and money into it, um, it might just be worth it to to actually get it done in office for Two sure. Two Lamira eye creams can get you an in, in office session. So yeah, it can get you a laser treatment. I was gonna say like if you're just tired of the dark circle aspect, usually laser is one of the first things that um, you can trial. So yeah, definitely, I'm go for it. Um, all right, that that's is the meat. it. That's the me. Hopefully, eye cream. Great. Hopefully, we painted you a better picture of the eye cream landscape. Um, and if you have any questions, let us know. But otherwise, it is time to break, break, break it up, break it up. Sorry, take it so off that your animal fun back corner. Oh, it's Friday night. I don't even, I don't even know how to respond, man. Break, break, yes, break it up, it. break, break, break it up. Woo! Excellent. Um, today it is my turn to do animal corner. And today we are actually talking about. <laughs> Maisie is so concerned about Gloria that she had to come over from her nap and check up on her. Hi, Maisie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it is my turn to talk about an animal, and today it is about the zebra finch. Um, all right, so the zebra finch is a colorful bird that's mainly found in Australia. Um, on average, they can live as long as 12 years, but when caged, they actually only live uh, from 5 to 9. It's mm. quite sad. Um, so um, the cool thing is the males, they can sing, and the females can't. And they're actually a very complex, um, pretty well-studied bird. Um, there's The way that they develop their song has been well-studied. Um, they actually practice um, as a young as That's young adorable. Age. They get a singing practice. Yep. The male, <laughs> the father will teach the son. The son starts with a song and then they practice it and the reverberation will, they'll start like fine tuning their song. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah really interesting. Um, and also because of, you know, all the development and urban development, they found that, you know, if they live close to traffic, that can actually delay their development because they're relying on Oh, oh that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we're actually not here to talk about their song development. We're actually talked we're here to talk about zebra finch breeding. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot going on, so I'm gonna try to keep it short. The first thing is that they're actually socially uh, monogamous. Um, but sometimes they participate in extra pair copulation that's often led by the females. Mm. Yeah. Uh huh. So even though they're supposed to have lifelong partners, um, yeah, the females sometimes no, eyes wander. Um, the cool thing is that they also have trees that are meant for courting, and they have trees that are meant for socializing. Oh, I like it. Yeah, so it's like a complex... Separating party and home. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Um, Also, I was thinking, like, it would be so funny if, like, you know, these couples are like, I saw you at the courting tree. Why were you you at the courting tree? Why were you there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's uh, that's not me. That's John. (laughs) You You got the wrong bird. (laughs) Wrong finch, bitch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Um, yeah, quite complex. And um, probably the, the thing that really like made my head turn was um, the title is <clears throat> Beefing Up Eggs Against Ugliness. Excuse me? 
And um, so apparently what happens is sometimes if the female feels like their male partner is ugly, they're going to do what they can to help their offspring. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, there's this, let me read you this um, excerpt. It says, if your dad is ugly, <laughs> uh, chicks with ugly fathers not only lose out on superior genes, but their deadbeat dads also tend to bring less food to the nest than attractive fathers do. Oh, and no. Like, That's horrible. And it says a new study of house finches, however, shows that these apparently unlucky chicks may be better off than, thought, than they thought. Their mothers endow their eggs with extra hormones and vitamins counteracting their dad's deficiencies um and they see this in zebra finches where uh, females will lay their eggs and they're like and they will excrete like kind of a more bitter concoction that has like more nutrients to give to their eggs that they feel like their partners no. are just like not up to snuff oh man so uh, sorry man i i was drunk i just didn't i mean and then the daylight came and i got go look at him sorry <laughs> oh my god and then say scientists think that this is one way that females increase their young ones chances of survival and ensure that mom's genes are perpetuated through the next generation that's yeah. messed up and i'm like dude like imagine the dad like realizing that the egg has been given these extra nutrients like how heartbreaking is that as a dad I'm like so you thought my sperm was a good though yeah you're like you're saying I'm ugly? <laughs> You're saying I'm a two out of ten? You're saying I'm a deadbeat? I'm not good enough as a dad? I'm so horrible. So what classifies as an ugly finch? Yeah, so um, it depends on, like, their beak color, their feathering, their patterns. Like, they, um, we'll, we'll include a picture here of what a zebra finch looks like. But all of that patterning does matter, and that's how they ev- that's how they evaluate their partner oh as God. beautiful. These or not. superficial birds. <laughs> yeah. brutal out there, guys. Dating is brutal. <laughs> I... I- <laughs> I don't know why this reminded me of it, but I always find, like, judging beauty in the animal world really interesting. Um, But I always find it even weirder when humans try to, like, uh, put their values onto the animal world. (laughs) For example, I don't know if we talked about it here, but apparently there's totally a camel beauty pageant. Excuse me? (laughs) No, I know. I should you know. (laughs) There's a Well, I guess we know what our fun fact will be next week. (laughs) Yes, we'll go more into the camel world. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, I always find it so weird. It's like, what counts as beautiful in other species? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah girl your hump is ridiculous yeah, like, the girl's like damn that beak is on fire yeah oh my god the beak is so straight that plumage is hot <laughs> uh, nice but nice. that that is that's gotta be the meanest article brutal. it's brutal you think so for those of you that are out there dating post-covid just know that zebra finch has got a war no chill man <laughs> Man. Thank God they don't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see Johnny's Instagram. Yeah, that dude's ugly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, so that's the animal corner for today. Yay! Yay. All right, let's wrap this up. All right, let's do it. All right, first question. Uh, <laughs> first question: What is the difference between mixing a drop of your specialist mask with 18% mandelic acid and 2% salicylic acid in your moisturizer every day? Versus using all over face as a mask once per week 
versus using 5 to 10% mandelic acid or 2% SA serum all over the face every day. Woof! There's a lot going on here. Loaded question, and it almost mirrors question from yeah. the last episode, yeah. which is the difference between using a lower uh, concentration daily versus um, less frequent but high dose. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to acid, it, it makes a big difference on um, the results you'll get. Um, when you saturate your skin's pathway mm-hmm. with um, high levels of acid, it's just, honestly, it's just a more thorough job in yeah. exfoliation. For sure. Um problem is it could lead to more irritation that's why you don't do it all the time yes so <laughs> Maisie is grunting for us to get off the phone so we'll, 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 do, we'll do this quickly <laughs> so lower doses daily for us is more like maintenance um you let's say you're using a 10% glycolic serum or even lower nowadays you can get say, 5% glycolic mm-hmm. acid um you're not we wouldn't expect anything like shockingly visible changes to your mm-hmm. face. You might have a generally healthier skin barrier, uh, more even skin texture and whatnot. But if you use it a 30% mask, or in this case, 18% mask, it will get you that extra lagging efficacy. Yeah, and what she means by that is you're, you're talking about now about actual hyperpigmentation, wrinkles. Mm. Um, so maybe uh, a more serious concern. Um, So I think that's a really great point to highlight um, daily care versus an intense, almost peel-like level of care, um, that difference. Um, I think uh, what a lot of users don't realize is that if I use this ingredient, like I should get all these benefits. Right. You know, but that's actually not that work. Not how that works. Again, we always talk about concentration, frequency. All of those things can't matter um, in terms of getting like, let's say, just glow hydration versus you know wrinkle pigmentation. And I think a, a really good ingredient to highlight that is lactic acid. Yeah. At two percent under, it's actually just a hydrating ingredient. Yes. It's most likely not going to irritate you, and it acts as an NMF. Mm-hmm. But when you get to eight percent you're getting a little warmer getting a little bit more efficacy at high levels like 30 or in office you can get up to say 50 60 mm-hmm. and then it can act as a peel yeah so that's the main difference awesome it's actually a great question um second question this one is kind of in the same uh, realm they ask could i dilute a 20 percent vitamin c serum when i apply to get it closer to 10 to 15 percent um that's fine but then also just uh actually that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah generally speaking it's fine depending on the vitamin c serum type yeah. uh i'm just assuming that's a water-based serum yeah so. i was thinking the 20 percent ascorbic acid serum and i actually think that's actually a great way because sometimes you can't always find a five to ten percent serum right. that works for you yeah, and to the theme of this episode, you might want to do that. Mix it thoroughly yeah. in your hand with other water-based products if you want to get it closer to the eye area, mm-hmm. just because, you know, your eye might not need that much. Yeah. Um, I would say other formats of vitamin C, like the paste stuff, it's a little harder because it doesn't mix well with other products. So I was going to actually, that I think that's what, like... Uh, what's the word, like, choked me up a little bit, was also thinking about all the vitamin C derivatives. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of papers that do require it to be slightly higher to get those benefits. So um, I think the question would be, like, which derivative, how much are you diluting? Um, product are you mixing Exactly. With, so and, you know, like, THD is oil-based, so do you think of that when you're diluting? Um, if you're going to try to dilute it in a serum, that might not go so nicely. 
So yeah, just some things to think about um, as you are mixing. And scene. Okay, it's a Friday night. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Um, check out Double Play yeah, messages if you have any please questions. Please let us know. It is our baby. Um, we've worked on it for so long. I uh, really just can't believe that it's finally real. Um, and you know where to find us, right, Gloria? Yeah. <laughs> Visit us at chemistconfessions.com. You can write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. You can also DM us on Instagram, uh, chemist.confessions. We try to get to everyone. Sometimes yeah. it might take a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching this episode. We'll see you guys next time.